Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the red carpet premiere of the Daily Fantasy Sport podcast, hosted by myself, Nick, and Mark. How are we doing, Mark? Very good, thank you. Very excited about this. Pod number one. As am I, pod, pod number one of many, we hope. Uh, we are here for a reason, obviously. We're, we're here to discuss Daily Fantasy Sport, or DFS, as it is known as. So just a little bit of background on us. First of all, you might know me from the weekly article on the Five Yard Rush, which is the DFS article. My background, a little bit about me. I'm a Rams fan for my sins. I have been since around 2003. Started playing DFS a few years back, was mainly into fantasy before then, but loved it ever since. Tell us a bit about yourself, Mark, as well. Yeah, I've been um, a Washington football team fan for a year and a Washington Redskins fan for decades before that. Um, I got into um, DFS partly because um, I got fed up of season-long fantasy. Sort of, you know, um, you could be three or four weeks into the season and find you're almost dead in the water so watching Sky so I have for DraftKings and that that and just really connected with me so for the listeners that aren't necessarily all that clued up on what what we're what we're saying with DFS daily fantasy sports DraftKings so what happened is some lovely Americans around eight years ago created a site called DraftKings what DraftKings does, they specialise in daily fantasy sports, and this isn't specific to the NFL. Um, it's basically where you can choose your lineup, and that might be within a set budget. It might be a certain bracket of players. You'll choose your lineup, and it is based on most of the time. Mark, I think you'd agree you would mm-hmm. put a stake down to enter that lineup, but you're then in with a chance of winning potentially some money which is always nice um i think it's something that has started to really take off in the uk over the last few years you've seen the introduction of paddy power now do their own version of a dfs um which covers a a couple of different sports i think football maybe ufc 
but they do a weekend NFL one. But I, I remember the first time I, I heard about DraftKings. I remember seeing an advert for it and thinking, "What's this DraftKings?" What you know, looking a little bit further into it, and it's it's basically a, a a betting or gambling version of of fancy football. What is it specifically that you like about it, Mark? Well, I like the fact you get to choose a new lineup every week. So as long as you don't, you know, put all your eggs into one basket, you know, if you have a really bad week, you you just come back the next week and hope you have a better week. Yeah, this it almost feels like a bit of a puzzle you're trying to solve because of the way the pricing is, and we'll see that when we go through and look at week nine. Um, it feels like you're trying to put together like a jigsaw puzzle of players, um, and um, and you always feel, even though statistically this not, you always feel really close. Um, always really, really close to that optimal lineup, which is going to do well and stuff. You know, a number of times, once you, if you played it long enough, and I'm sure you've had the same thing where you, where you have a good week, but you're just like, if only I'd played that player, it would have been a great week. <laughs> every, every week, every week. Yeah. No, I, I can guarantee there's one of them every single week. But I, I'm I'm with you, Mark. I'm I'm in a lot of fancy leagues, and you can you can be relevant in a fancy league for that season, or you can be a passenger. And you're just watching it go by. That is essentially what the the good thing about daily fantasy sports is: is that it, it doesn't necessarily require the same commitment. Um, so it's it's something where you don't necessarily have to monitor waiver drops and free agency and players that are injured. Obviously, you still need to have an eye on it, but it's a game that does cater for more casual people. That said the amount of uh, analysing players and stats that you probably, you know, the time you probably put into it and the time I put into it, it's as serious as the normal fantasy game for us. And that is mainly the reason why we, we want to we wanna share our knowledge with the world, the five-year listener world. And we want to be able to give you an insight on, into what players we like, at what prices, who we feel the bargains are, who we feel you should be avoiding and that's hopefully going to be the basis of the pod going forward it's something that we want to do weekly the more people we can get into the the daily fantasy sports game then the better two things that we know that nfl fans love over here one is fancy and and two is is gambling and and that's that's just a a fact of the uk so it is essentially that we would always say gamble responsibly you know, make sure that if you are staking money, that you're staking the amount that you feel is comfortable. But yeah, that's that's a bit of background on us and why we've decided to go ahead with the pod. So I think yeah. we owe it to the listeners, Mark, to talk first of all a little bit about what the most popular DraftKings mode is or what you tend to find a lot of people tend to play is what's referred to as as the classic lineup mode so i think one of the things that i really like about the classic lineup is one of one of the things that really appeals to me in fantasy sport is i love the drafting aspect of it so for me the actual the when it comes around to the rookie drafts for example in the off season it's all the buzz that generates around that the actual nfl draft itself is an event in the in the sporting world it's a huge event it's watched by millions and millions of people and I think that's what I really like about the the classic lineup and any daily fantasy sports is that you're essentially drafting a new team every week and it's that buzz of you know it's not the same in terms of a conventional snake or linear draft you're still drafting in new players and it just gives you some something Something that you can shout about week to week, you know, it makes red zone all that more exciting. You know, red zone is exciting enough as is, but when you've got a little bit of money on the line and you see your little your little circle start creeping up into the the green bar, as it were, um, you, you, where you're looking like you're you're in the money. Nothing more exciting, but yeah, we'll we'll I think as as we do go through week on week, we will start to introduce some of the other game modes because daily fantasy sports is is quite in depth initially we want to look at the simplicity of it so that you know the if if there's a couple of casual listeners out there that have maybe thought about doing daily fantasy sports but have just never dipped the toe in the water you can see that it is something that can be done with ease um you, you can put as much commitment into it as you want obviously that might vary your result and the outcome 
But that is the beauty of daily fantasy sport. So into week nine, who are you liking at the quarterback position, Mark? There's there's so many good quarterbacks to choose from, isn't there? It's um, quarterback scoring seems to have been very high this year, comparison with previous years, and the pricing has um, has um, reflected that as well. For example, Patrick Mahomes is as is as expensive as anybody this week. Yeah, he's like the fourth most expensive player. Um, but if I was picking one of the higher price quarterbacks, I like Deshaun Watson's my favourite. Um, he's been fantastic for the last four weeks, um, scoring on average about thirty points. Uh, he doesn't seem to get he doesn't seem to be getting the same sort of credit as you know, sort of like uh, some of the quarterbacks are around him, like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Mm. Whereas his scoring is you know is very similar, and it's a he's, he's fourth. He's only seven thousand one hundred on here, which actually is I think pretty good value. Yeah, that when you look at the quarterbacks that are above him, you've got Wilson at seven thousand six hundred, Kyler Murray at seven thousand eight hundred, and, and Holmes at eight thousand one hundred. And when you actually when you look at the matchups, the Seattle on the road to Buffalo, Arizona host um, Arizona hosting Miami, Kansas City hosting the Carolina Panthers. You know, Houston have got quite a good matchup there on on the road to Jacksonville and. I completely agree with you that, that you know all the talent in the world there with Watson and he's he's got a good match up there. He he had a really slow start to the season, but that was probably more a reflection on his offensive line that didn't seem like they were capable of blocking in the first couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that pick. I also like Tom Brady, who is priced a little bit cheaper at six thousand nine hundred. If you remember rightly, the Saints and the Buccaneers met in the opening weekend and it wasn't in favour of the Buccaneers. If I remember rightly, the New Orleans Saints turned them over in that game. But if you look back on the point scoring from Brady, he was still able to score 22.46 points that game, which... When you look at probably the average for quarterbacks week to week, that's probably above average quarterback scoring. But the reason that I have gone with him as one of my expensive picks, if you will, is that he seems to have found his rhythm in Tampa's offense now. So his last couple of performances, he's looked a little bit better, especially against the Raiders. There's a lot of targets. Everyone, everyone lot... looks good against the Raiders at the moment, though. That is true. And there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense. So there's a lot of weapons there. One of the things that we'll come back to later on um, as we're going through the positions is tight end. But New Orleans are specifically poor against tight ends. So that's another reason why I like Brady, because over the last few weeks, it seems like he's re-established that strong connection that he had with Rob Gronkowski. So people who are looking at lineups, if you are potentially including Brady in your lineup, it may be worth looking at, at Gronk as well for the for the double up, um, especially if there is success there, then that could be a nice, nice play. Who are your bargain quarterbacks? Who who are you liking the look of? On the I was going to say quickly about your about your Gronk thing. The Tampa Bay uh, matchup ties end wise is the best matchup uh, fantasy points wise mm-hmm. against the Saints um, by a stretch as well. Um, okay, sorry, um, my bargain. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it really counts as a bargain. Um, I'll see if I can get away with it. Um, Ryan Tannehill at six thousand three hundred. I think that's yeah. I think we can go with that. <laughs> can, can I go away with that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Tennessee has been fantastic from a fantasy a fantasy point of view this year. What's really good about it, though, not and Tanner has been had a couple of down weeks, which I think is going to work in our favour if we pick him because I think his ownership will be low. But um, is you kind of know where the ball's going with Tannehill, so you know that um, Derek Henry, AJ Brown. So much. Johnny Smiths have been a bit inconsistent, but Derek Henry and AJ Brown and Tannehill, you can put together in a lineup, and you can be pretty sure one or two of them are going to, you know, smash it. And um, this Chicago's defense is sort of um, is sort of seen as this as a sort of kind of living off past glories in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Titans, um, the matchup against the Bears is fantastic at the tight end position again. Seems to be a common theme so far. Um, yeah, so I, I really like Titan stacks. As a, when I say, and we call them stacks. When I say stacks, I mean 
um, having players from the same team. So having a Titans quarterback paired with his wide receiver or his running back. That's what I mean by a stack. And um, I really like Titan stacks this week. But I always do every week at the moment. <laughs> I, I agree with you on the Bears defense there, actually. I think, the, for you know, on paper, they are a good defense. I'd, I think where my issue lies with the Bears is that the defense is on the field probably more than it needs to be because the quarterback mm-hmm. position just doesn't seem all that capable of keeping them off the field week to week. Mm-hmm. And I think when it's a great defense, but then when it comes up against a quite formidable offence like Tennessee, who are very capable of putting up points either through the air or in, in the ground game, then, you know, I, I, I do like that pick, Tannehill there, and it's one that I was looking at as well. Ultimately, my bargain pick, and you may scoff at this, but it's worth worth remembering there's different strategies in daily fantasy sports for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you're looking to go big at a certain position and you'll you'll know from picking lineups that there are certain players that the only way you can afford to get them in is to go a little bit cheaper elsewhere so sometimes quarterbacks a good position to look for who's potentially got a good matchup on paper who might be quite significantly underpriced from your, your top guys like Mahomes and Wilson and Murray and I've gone with Drew Locke as my bargain this week and he is Really, really cheaply priced at five thousand two hundred. Yes. Come half time last week, people were calling for his head on Twitter and saying Elway's made a mistake. He's still not found his quarterback. I don't know what they see in Drew Lot, but he rallied them to that second half comeback, and he looked pretty impressive doing it as well. His dance wasn't all that uh, for the uh, for the game winner, mm-hmm. must say. But he has maybe that's why it's so cheap. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is the dance that's priced him down. Uh, but at 5,200, I'm, I'm happy for him to dance again uh, You know, in Atlanta against the Falcons. Playing Atlanta, that is an ideal matchup. Uh, they've conceded 20 passing touchdowns this year to quarterbacks. That is a lot. Uh, they give up 28.8 drafting points against quarterbacks. That is also a mm. lot. Um, I think the thing, the good thing about Denver's offense as well is it's got quite a few parts to it. So, you know, they're, they're really strong at the tight end position, some big bodies there. They've got some good receivers and, you know, they're really good out of the backfield with Gordon and Lindsay, that one-two punch. So he's he's got almost, you'd say, everything that he needs around him to succeed. So if you are looking for a cheaper option at quarterback so that you can spend those funds in some of your other skill positions. Drew Locke at 5,200 may be worth a look for you this week. Yep, I think the money you save from going going paying down there, you can also use um, in positions. Um, and generally speaking, this year's been a little bit different, but generally speaking, the quarterback position is the one with the, the most condensed range of outcomes, which means that the difference... Um, between the top and the bottom is smaller than, say, it will be at any other position. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's been a little bit different this year, I think, because of the lack of an off-season, defences haven't been so good. Um, but no, um, that's great. And also, it seems to be a common thing that three of the four quarterbacks who have chosen have got their tight end positions, got the best three matchups this week, fantasy-wise. So, again, you compare them, like Denver, you compare him, um, Drew Locke, you compare him with Noah Fant at tight end if mm-hmm. he wants to, which... Um, or so, Alberto, as um, oh, what even a tip to say his surname, yeah. because even the announcers in America can't get that one right, so there's not a chance you'll ever hear me saying that on this podcast. Oh, okay, I try to try to go you into saying it, but you didn't fall for it. <laughs> Moving on to the running back position, and there's a player I've really got my eye on, Ian Mark, and that's James mm-hmm. Robinson. Oh, yes. Now, if that is who you were going to say, I'm sorry if I've stolen no, you. No, no, it's, but it's fine. James Robinson, he is highly priced at 7,000, but, you know, McCaffrey coming off IR at 8,500, and you've got mm-hmm. Robinson there who's averaging around 6, 6.5 fantasy points per game, mm-hmm. less than, than McCaffrey was when he was fit. Um, you know, 20.1 as, a, as an average per game is... Super for a running back. You could, you know, there's, there's basically your top four of McCaffrey, Kamara, Derrick Henry, and Robinson. 
and then you've got a couple of fringe running backs and then there's quite a drop off at the running back position I think in, in terms of points mm-hmm. to, to get consistent points but again he's got a really good match up there against the Houston Texans who have given up an average of 32.1 drafting points to running backs this year and again just to clarify for the listeners drafting points we refer to drafting points as drafting points because they do score slightly differently than fantasy points do. So that's worth noting as well that you you know if you were comparing the two, they are slightly different. But going back to the Texans, nine rushing touchdowns they've conceded this year. Again, that's quite high. Jacksonville coming off a bye week. James Robinson's looked really good for you know, a, a rookie where did he was he undrafted coming out, but there was yeah, a lot was, of yeah. talk um, that it, it was potentially his position if Armstead wasn't ready to go, um, mm. and he seems to have made it his own. So I really like James Robinson there at, at seven thousand. I must admit, yeah. and he's um he's a definition. He's become like a bell cow as well. A bell cow running back is one that takes pretty much all of the running. Um, carries is involved in the passing game and gets inside the five carries as well, which are important um, for fantasy points. Um, Robinson's a great pick. I've got him in currently in about thirty percent of my lineups for the weekend. Um, but um, I'm going to try and not be boring and choose the obvious of Cook or Henry. Um, James Connor of Pittsburgh. Um, the reason I like him is purely from a game script point of view. So Pittsburgh are favoured to win by about 14 points, I think, by the bookies at the moment. And, um, yeah, 14 points. So what, what historically happens with fantasy teams, if, if they go ahead by, um, if they get, get a lead, they tend to turn to the running game. And James Conner doesn't really have any competition for carries. As much as, you know, um, people have talked about um, Samuels and Snell and stuff at times, when James Conner's fit, he takes pretty much 99% of the snaps. Uh, so I'm expecting Pittsburgh to go ahead of Dallas because Dallas are a bit of a shambles moment. And I suspect they're just going to feed Connor more and more of the ball. And um, I think and that just means more fantasy points, doesn't it? So Yeah, I've, I've actually recommended a look at Ben Roethlisberger in my five-yard DFS article this week. But I completely agree with you that... Um, James Connor has to be in consideration there because, and, and the word you mentioned was game script, and it's exactly that reason. If Pittsburgh takes and you know any sort of advantage, advantageous lead in this game, yeah. you would assume that they'll they'll revert to the ground game, which it's not failed them this year. James Connor's having, I think it's fair to say, a bounce back year. I know he had his health concerns last year, but the year before when. I think it was the year before when Bell held held out. You know, Connor was really good, and yeah. I think people were doubting doubting his his health mm-hmm. and doubting whether he could refine that form, and he he has. So I really like that pick there. One that I quite like at the budget price, if you are looking maybe to fill your flex out or potentially to save a little bit of money so that you can invest into maybe a better quarterback or better group of wide receivers one that I really like is Justin Jackson he you know that that looked like all the world like a committee backfield and it more than likely still will be but at 4,900 he should definitely be considered I I feel his score last week was 17.2 drafting points he had 17 rushing attempts, uh, 47% of the snap count, which was, that was what was telling for me because with Eckler out, Joshua Kelly obviously started the season pretty well, was pretty efficient. And I thought that he might pick up the snaps with Eckler being down, but Justin Jackson's bounced right back and, and put in a really good performance last week. And again, it's it comes back to that matchup. The Raiders aren't a great team against... The run, what I did find when I looked into how are the Raiders against the run is they do give up a lot of touchdowns and points to running backs. However, they don't necessarily give up a lot of yards. So the sort of middle of the pack on the yardage. So what I would say is err on the side of caution if you are looking at someone like Justin Jackson because the goal line carries may go to Joshua Kelly. But 
for me at the price he is 4,900 it's quite low risk high reward if he does have another week like he did last week obviously if he doesn't you've not invested a lot into him but that's just worth consideration when when it comes to picking your lineup is whether you're happy to risk that kind of price on someone that is likely to be in a committee again and if he doesn't get those goal line snaps it's likely to hurt his potential touchdown output yeah i You've picked the best of the cheap, <laughs> Justin Jackson. You pick him, I think, to save to save money and spend up at other positions, don't you? Because um, like you said before, the running back choices really do drop off. If I had to pick another one around that, that price, and I haven't really got any other, the, my second choice would be Zach Moss of Buffalo. I think everybody's expecting this game to shoot out a bit. So running back isn't the obvious um, choice, but equally, how often does the game go exactly as you expect it to? So, if Zach Moss continues his sort of improvement and his involvement as he has the last couple of weeks, and he's, you know, you could, you could, he could be a high screen running back. You get cheaply, which not many other people are picking, and um, which is all good in, because um, in fantasy, in fantasy um, DFS, if you can pick players that score a lot of points and hardly anybody else has them, that's always your advantage. Um, that's another sort of strategy thing which we'll probably go through in later pods I think Um, so I prefer Justin Jackson down here but as I have to pick one I'll pick Zach Moss One I think is worth keeping an eye on as well is I've just noticed the queue next to Philip Lindsay's name Mm. meaning that he could be questionable going into the weekend or he is at the moment so I think Melvin Gordon at 5,300 isn't a bad price as well um, again, that could be a game that's the game script dictates the usage, but the two teams that are capable of scoring points, as we've seen in previous weeks, and two teams that are both capable of conceding points as well. So yeah. it could be a shootout in Atlanta. And if Melvin Gordon is picking up the Belco workload there with Lindsay out, which would be his only threat really out of the backfield, then definitely worth a look because one advantage Melvin Gordon gives you is that he also contributes in, in the passing game as well. He's, he's a pretty decent decent running back in, in screens and short pass situations. So that's one that's yeah. worth monitoring as well, I think. I've been stung so many times by choosing the wrong Denver running back this season. <laughs> I, I can't go back to that well. It's like David Johnson of Houston. He's only 5,600 and he's, an, he's a bell cow running back, but I just can't play him. David, I just can't do it. David Johnson's the one that stung me a few times this, yeah. this, this year where he's been in perfect scenarios and I've even recommended him on the article and then felt like an absolute <laughs> fool afterwards because he's just not, not followed through on it. Um, he's he'll, got he'll every opportunity, hasn't he? He's yeah. got every opportunity to score well, just never does it. Yeah, he, he has. And you, you would say even in the scenario that he's in, I know Duke Johnson sometimes eats into a bit of the usage, but Duke Johnson is basically doing what Duke Johnson has been doing through his whole career in the NFL mm. so far. And that's, he's a, he's a sort of a bit part running back, but quite effective at, at being that bit part running back and, and just coming in for short stints. And it's, it's frustrating because some of the plays that you see him in on, you think, well, David Johnson could have been in on that play and he could have had those yards and, Oh man, David Johnson. Let's not even go yeah, there. No. Let's move on. on to the wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's going to get three touchdowns now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to happen. It's going to be his forty-point game. Mark that down. That David Johnson <laughs> is getting three touchdowns. Yeah. We will revisit that next week on the podcast. Yeah. Who are you liking Definitely. at wide receiver, Mark? Uh, so wide receivers just it's stacked, and once you get once you take the top three out, as it were, there's like between. Between seven two and six eight, price wise, there's like eight receivers, and forgetting the little cues next to them because I think Ridley's out. Thomas, we're not sure about. They're just all good options as far as I can see. But if I had to pick one of them, I would go back to Julio Jones. He's been on the last three weeks. He's been a little bit like his old self, um, certainly fantasy wise and stuff. He's always got he's always got the ability to score, have a ceiling game. And when we say a ceiling game, I mean um, kind of like reach the top of his range of outcomes as it were which is like 30 points probably 30 35 points and again it's against Denver we seem to be coming back to this game a lot don't we um, um it's against Denver and it's got 
it's not a great matchup fantasy wise wide receivers against Denver from fantasy points point of view. Um, yeah, I think he might be as well the lowest owned out of those top sort of five or six, maybe. I think sometimes I love Julio Jones, huge Julio Jones fan. Sometimes what gets me with Julio Jones is that you don't get the touchdown output that you're expecting. Mm. So I think when you look back on his touchdown record, he has massive yardage, but not always a massive mm. amount of touchdowns that go with it. And I'm always cautious about picking him for that reason, because he, like you mm. said, such a high ceiling. You you saw a few weeks ago against Minnesota, who mm. they're not a great defense in terms of the pass, but two touchdowns that day, 137 yards, um, you know, a week or two removed from that, and he, he had eighty yards in in the first quarter against Carolina. So, mm-hmm. it, it's you know, it, massive, massive, big play potential there with Julio Jones. I cannot blame you for picking him at seven thousand two hundred. I'm going to go. I just go... think he's one of those receivers who there's not many receivers who you believe can score say three touchdowns in a game. Yeah, um, and I just think he always he's always he doesn't do it as much as he used to obviously, but he's always got it there in his locker. Definitely, and you know. In tournaments, that's kind of if you're playing tournaments in DraftKings, that's what you're kind of looking for. Definitely, this feels like the easy out. What I'm going to go with, but just above that, priced at seven thousand four hundred, you got Stefan Diggs, who has really settled in nicely in Buffalo. Um, one of the reasons why I like this one is I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a game where quarterbacks are going to have to throw the ball. Um, Seattle are far and away the worst team in the NFL against wide receivers. Yeah. 61.5 DraftKings points per game they concede to wide receivers, which it's it's that big of a gap that you've got you've got Seattle up here and then you've got the next lot of teams pretty much down here. It, it's such a gulf mm. in the points that it they is. give up. Um, great chemistry between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Easy's most targeted receiver, as I think we pretty much all expected going into the season, as much as I love John Brown. He's not Stefan Diggs, he's not in his league. Interestingly, his lowest score this season, he's never scored below double figures, so his lowest score is 10.8, which isn't a great score, but that's only one week since then. He's lowest score other than that was 14.9 so you can call that 15 he's scoring at a minimum of 15 points per week which is Mm. his actual average is 18.8 points per game so you know really like that I think given the opposition he's going to get plenty of opportunities he's going to see a lot of the ball and at 7,400 he's not priced massively above what he's been priced at throughout the season so far. So he yeah. sort of skipped around the six and a half thousand to seven thousand mark. This is I think part of the matchup it is to do with the increase in the price, yeah. but I think he's he's probably valued at around this sort of top five mark at the moment given what consistent output you're getting from him. So yeah. I really like Diggs there. Yeah. I, I agree. I think um this there's so many good there's so many good options at the top of that wide receiver list. Mm. Um, you know, and um, like Lockett and Metcalf have both had massive weeks the last two weeks. You know, Lockett two weeks ago, Metcalf last week, etc. Tyreek Hill did big last week. Keenan Allen's been a target monster, hasn't he? And yep. um, yeah, Keenan Allen showing Mike Evans why he belongs in the conversation for one of the top receivers in the NFL um, mm-hmm. from the uh, the off season beef that we had on Twitter there between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, Who do you like at the lower end of the spectrum oh. here? Uh, so I try to. I've got three three options. I see here. Darnell Mooney of Chicago is pretty good. Three thousand nine hundred. Nice price. Um, yeah, Marvin Hall with Golladay being ruled out now. I love Marvin Hall at three thousand eight hundred, and also Marcus Johnson of Indianapolis, who's so cheap. I can't even scroll all the way down to him. I think he's three thousand, isn't he? Interestingly, we were discussing the. Battle of the two Marvins before the before the pod, weren't we, Mark? And yeah. you're on the side of Marvin Hall, and I'm on the side of Marvin Jones. So all my lineups so far this week have Marvin Jones in there because if you weren't already aware, Kenny Golladay is not going to be playing this week. Mm. Uh, but you had an interesting take on that, Mark, didn't you? Yeah, well, I might be a week too late on this, but it just seems to me if Golladay plays, I like to play Marvin Jones. 
if Gosley doesn't play, I like to play uh, Marvin Hall. I, I just there's no none of the receivers in Detroit are consistent. I think if you play them all every week, they're going to let you down more times than they don't. I just feel that when whichever one is like the wide receiver two seems to have a bigger has more of a chance of having a smash game. Like last week, Marvin Hall got 113 yards. He didn't go into the didn't get in the end zone, but um, I'm kind of expecting him to do something similar this week. He'll be he'll be playing from behind. Sorry, Detroit will be playing from behind. I think. I mean, we you expect that as well. I suspect. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, the only thing that the only thing that you know, this isn't a this isn't like you know this isn't a, sh- a sure bet by anything because Stafford currently is ruled out at the moment the way things stand because of his because um, of COVID. COVID. He can in yeah he can in theory test negatively. I can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday, and, and still he can come back. Mm. Yeah. Um, if he isn't, I think they're playing Chase Daniel. Um, that's the plan. Uh, but I suspect whoever's playing quarterback for Detroit is just going to be thrown the ball and so forth. So, I mean, I don't think there are either bad takes. I just prefer whoever's wide receiver too. It's an interesting way of looking at it because I think the the benefit that Mervyn Jones has is when Galladay does play, he does draw the attention of, of the top corner. Mm. So I completely, completely see the argument there for Marvin Hall. Definitely. I quite like the pricing of Denzel Mims at 3,700. Mm. So prior to the season on paper, I'd have looked at this game and said loss. And this has the makings of two teams that don't want to win. It, it, it could come down to who who doesn't want to win the most um, might lose this game. So mm-hmm. I'm going with Mims at 3,700 simply because Crowder is questionable still. Now, he's going to have that extra day's rest, so it may be good to go when it comes to, to game time. But it is a groin injury, and they can be quite difficult to shake off. If he, if he is good to go, um, you know, he's still logging limited practices at this stage in the week. If he is good to go, it might be a slightly reduced snap count. It may not be. But the reason I think I like Denzel Mims here is 3,700. There isn't all that much else that the Jets have got in the passing game. Mm. Um, obviously, it was a big loss going down earlier in the season. You know, Sam Darnold re- returned week seven Donald splits opinion, but I'm quite a big Donald fan. I think there's a really good quarterback in there and he's just in a really bad situation. Um, But Denzel Mims was one of the receivers going into the season where I thought he's one to keep an eye on. Um, And with the way New England have been playing recently, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the New York Jets actually win this game. Uh, This is another game that has the potential to be a high scorer for the wrong reasons. But yeah, I just like the price there. I had him in one of my, well, a couple of my lineups last week mm. and he was priced at 3200 then, which seemed an absolute steal. He didn't have a massive output, but he seems to be getting the, you know, the targets are there and there isn't much else on that offense. So I do quite like him mm. at 3700 still. It's what I'd class as an enabler. So it's someone that allows mm. you, you know, at that kind of price, it allows you to look at, Allocating funds elsewhere for a big hitter. Yeah, he was in last week. He was in the um, the winning Millie Maker lineup. So yeah. somebody won a million dollars rostering Denzel Mims. Um, it's I find what that if I could be about you? It? That could be you, <laughs> dear listener. <laughs> what I find funny about it is the fact his price keeps going up because actually he hasn't scored that many points in the two games. He's logged points eight point two and six point two, and his price has still gone up. Um, so um, yeah. I completely get what you're saying. He's um, not my favourite option down there, I think, um, but I, I get it. And he was very popular last week. Mm. And there tends to be, I don't know whether this is my own biases, sort of, me think this, but it feels like whenever you get one of these cheap guys who's touted all over the place, it always seems like it's the week afterwards that they do well. Yeah, <laughs> there's no scientific reason for that. It just feels <laughs> like it. Like last week, everyone was talking about Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Let's say he won somebody a million, um, but he didn't. He only scored six points himself, and his price has gone up now. So yeah, I think a lot. I don't don't think he'll be played by many people. So if he does well, that's another you know advantage. So yeah, there's definitely some that are down there though that you you know you could mm. definitely make a case for um, a couple of the Denver receivers, KJ. 
Hamlet and Deshaun Hamilton are down there and reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. So there's there's bargains to be had at this kind of range. And if if you land a receiver on the right week, this could see you scoring quite highly because the funds that this allows, you know, if you, you're looking at the price of these kind of receivers that we're discussing here, you're looking between the three and 4,000 region. For your top receivers, you're looking six and a half thousand plus. So mm. that's quite a big gap. And those funds do go quite a long way elsewhere throughout your team. David Moore of Seattle as well, just a quick one, 3.1, if he's fit, because he's currently questionable. Um, if that game really blows out the way we're expecting, you know, he might he might benefit. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Moving on to tight end, who you like in here, Mark? I'm going tight end. Oh, now, it's hard to like anybody usually at tight end, isn't it? Tight end is usually a wasteland. Um, but actually, I have, a, I have a good cheap on this this week. At the top, I like I like Noah Fant of Denver. Um, purely matchup based. Uh, he's getting. He's been. He get. He gets a lot of targets. He never. He hasn't really converted into a big score yet. Mm. Um, the most he's scored in the last five four weeks. He's played is eleven point seven, which isn't really that much. Um, but he does get a lot of targets. I feel there's a big game, you know, just around the corner for him. And he's playing against Atlanta, so he's in a dome, no weather issues. And he's playing against Atlanta. <laughs> he had a couple of breakout games last year, didn't he? He had a couple of those yeah. games where he had big scores, a couple of touchdowns here and there. This yeah. is one of those positions, I think, a tight end, where you can't beat yourself up if the production isn't there because I think it's more just a reflection of the position in the NFL. You've sort of got your top two or three, and then you've got a group of probably about 10 to 15 tight ends that week to week could perform or might disappoint you. So one of the well, ones they that usually I, disappoint you, don't they? They more than they often do, yeah. You, you yeah. only have to look at the the points per game scored, and you go back mm. to the receivers and all of your top receivers on the first part. You know, you if you're looking on the first mm. page or the, the the first square, if you will, where you can fit them all in, you're probably looking minimum. 16 17 plus points mm. per game and that's going down to the bottom of the list you can find as low as 8.8 going down to darren fells here and he's still yeah. priced at 4200 i did recommend in my article Jonu smith and i know he's had a couple of down weeks but i just think he's due another big game but the one that i feel really confident with is gronkowski um, and i mentioned it earlier when i went with the tom brady pick but it is simply because New Orleans give up the third most points to to the position. Mm. Six touchdowns given up to tight ends. He's coming off a hot streak of three games where he's found the end zone. 4,900, it's not an amazing price, but it's not a bad price for a tight end. You know, Travis Kelsey, 7,200, but Travis Kelsey gives you the output that a consistent receiver does. Mm. The rest of the tight ends don't, but you know, priced at priced at fourth there, that's not too bad. Um, quite like that. His price has come down as well from last week, which is really weird when you look at how consistent he's been for three weeks. Yeah, so his lowest on the season is three thousand three hundred, which is a criminally mm. low price. But then yeah, the last the last three weeks where he's found the end zone, we've had four thousand four hundred, mm. four six and five seven. So he should probably sit around that maybe five three five four mark based on his current performances, mm. which will put him amongst Hawkinson and Darren Waller at the moment. But mm. you know, for, yeah, it just feels a little bit low that for the opposition and what he's been doing recently. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like that. Is there anyone further down that you've got your eye on? Yeah, I think this is this is if I had to choose one pick, which people. Should put in their lineups now. This is it. Jordan Aikens of Houston. Aikens. That is a budget pick. That is a budget. That is. Yeah. He's um. He's just come back from injury. He's full participant this week in practice. He's been out since before when Darren Fells has been um, has taken over, done quite well. But if you ever, if you ever saw them in the two of them between weeks one to four, um, Aikens is so much more athletic. He's just. He's more athletic. He's just more athletic. He just looks like a better player. He just looks like a better player. If you see the two of them, like it makes Fells look like he's always running through mud. Yeah, he's just—he's a very athletic player. He's come back from injury, so I'm pretty sure his price isn't going to be this low after this Jacksonville match because again, he's—he's he's playing Jacksonville. It's an amazingly good matchup 
fantasy points wise, you know, compared with how Houston score and how Jacksonville give points up. So the tight end position is like the top. It's in the top four. Yeah, this is if we if we if we created like a banker of the weeks sort of pick, as it were, that would be my one. That's a good pick. I do like that pick. Um, mm-hmm. Who I also like, and he's been a bit of a disappointment this season with a clean bill of health. But I'm, I would quite like Evan Engram this week. Mm-hmm. Um, priced at 4300 so I don't know if you'd class him as much of a bargain because he's actually up on his price last week and he's probably about his average price for the season, maybe a little bit under that. But it's reasonable for the position, showing signs of life finally. Um, so mm-hmm. in his last two performances, we've had double-figure scores finally, so 10.9 and 12. Washington are giving up a higher average than that to the position. So 15.4 versus tight ends on the season. Again, this this has the, the hallmarks of a game that could be a high scorer. Uh, Washington have got a good defence, but again, the Giants have lost a couple of close games recently, games that they maybe should have should have even won. The last time they played Washington, it was a close game. So I think this is the kind of game where, you know, your, your receivers and your tight ends, they're definitely going to see work. Um, another one that I do have my eye on as well, and I know we've we've joked about it, but Albert O of of Denver, I, I I do I know you know the the fan pick is a really good good pick, but it's just something with Albert O. Am I right in saying that Albert O and Drew Locke played for the same college team? Oh, I don't know. I don't know my college football that well, so um, I'm almost certain that they did. And you can just yep, see you're right. You do. They did. They yeah. Did. Yeah. You can just yep. see that connection. I don't know if it is. It, it, you know that mm. they are familiar, but he was only targeted once last week. I'm saying that, and he had one target last week. But that one target was in the end zone. He's a massive body tight end, and mm. if you're you're ever you're ever in a sort of in that red zone scenario, someone like him, you know, like you said, with Darren Fells, as much as Darren mm. Fells looks like he's running in quicksand most of the time, he's always a threat in the red zone and tight mm. ends always are. Um, but yeah, I like him for that reason. He's really cheaply priced at 2,800, mm. flatters to deceive sometimes, and he's certainly not the first choice tight end. But given the injuries that they've got a receiver, Denver might run a lot more mm. to tight end sets. So I quite like the price there at 2800 but admittedly, it is a punt. Yeah, it's, um, and it's tight end position. If you're not going to spend pay up for, like you said before, like your Kelsey's and your Wallers, etc., you you know, you're gambling anyway. So if you're going to gamble, why not save the money and spend it elsewhere? Somewhere you know you're going to get points. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. On to the defence, Mark. Defence. Let's go. So, defense, who have you got your eye on? I'll just, everybody's, I mean, obviously the Pittsburgh defense is a fantastic um, choice, but the price is ridiculous for defense at mm. uh, four, four, nine. But who I do like is uh, down at 2,400 is I like the Vikings defense, which seems a bit weird as I also like Marvin Hall. I wouldn't play them in the same lineup, but if Sessie Stafford does end up being out, I think um, a defense 2,400 against. Um, Chase Daniel at quarterback just seems like a bargain to me. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also had written down Steelers as the standout, but I'm completely <laughs> with you for the output that you'll get from a defense. Four thousand nine hundred mm. is too expensive, and it only takes you know you you could have a really good week from your defense, but it only takes a couple of scores and mm. not that much production in terms of sacks or interceptions or turnovers. And it's a waste of money. As a rule of thumb, I always try mm. and keep to a, a, a maximum around that three thousand mark when I'm looking mm. at my defenses. But obviously, it depends on how the how they're actually priced. One that I quite like this week here is the Cardinals at two thousand nine hundred. Yeah, that's exactly where my mouse is pointing right now. Yeah, and there's a couple of reasons why I like them. I don't I don't want to sound too biased as a Rams fan, but last week's score flattered Miami. Um, in that they didn't really do much in terms of offense to to earn that scoreline and to earn that win. A lot of it was defensive errors from the Rams, turnovers from the defense, special teams play. Um, it's Tua's second start 
he didn't look overly impressive against the Rams. I suppose you could say he did what he needed to do to see the game out and, and manage it through, but he didn't have a particularly impressive stat line. I just think that this is the kind of game where what the Rams should have done against Miami is run the ball. And what I can see the Cardinals doing against Miami is running the ball. Um, you've got Kenyon Drake is out. Chase Edmonds isn't really a step down at this stage. He's, he's shown this year that he's really productive when, when he's given the chance. Kyler Murray's always a threat and you know loves, loves going on his little scampering runs. I think this is the kind of game where the Cards will just control it. I don't think they'll particularly need to pass the ball. Um, but if they do, then... I think it'll be, you know, Kyler Murray's a talented quarterback. At the end of the day, he's, he's better than Jared Goff is. Miami's strength is the secondary, but it felt like last week they pretty much schemed against the Rams' offense, something that Flores has done in the past against McVay. So, yeah, I, I like the cards here. I think they're a pretty good defense. When you look at the fancy points per game that they score, they're on seven for the season, which isn't too bad. It's it probably is good enough to see them in the top 10, I would have thought, on defences. But I just, you know, there's, I don't think there's much threat coming their way this weekend. Gaskin is out as well. So, you know, the running back position's up in the air for Miami. They get a lot of pressure on the quarterback as well. They get sacks and stuff. Like you said, the Miami scored 14 of those points were a returned interception and a punt return, weren't they? So that wasn't the offence getting them. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Cardinals is a good choice. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll move on to the tiers because this is something that I only just discovered a few, a few days ago, admittedly. But it's one of the game modes. Again, the beauty of daily fantasy sports is there is multiple different game modes you can mm. play and they require different different sort of skill sets and you can put as much research or as little research into it as you want. But basically what tiers is... Yeah. For the listeners that aren't familiar with it, tiers is basically you pick a player from each tier and we will go through the tiers, but you'll pick a player from each tier and it might be a quarterback tier, there might be a running back tier, a wide receiver tier. It could be that the quarterbacks are grouped into certain players, so it might be your pocket passers, it might be mobile quarterbacks. And it's not budget-based like the classic lineup is. So you might have six players to pick from and you're just picking who you think is going to be your highest scorer from that tier. That then creates your lineup and that is what you're taking forward into battle. So the tiers this week will start with, and again, it's worth noting that I think this is based on the Sunday to Monday games, Mark. Um, But the tiers this week, tier one, we've got the pocket passers. So the choices we've got, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Teddy Bridgewater and Kirk Cousins. Who are you liking in tier one there? Um, Tannehill, I think to me, my main, I'm picking him in there as well. Yeah, I think. All the same reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did look at Tannehill and I did think, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill was probably my second on there. But I went with Matt Ryan, um, who is the epitome of a pocket passer. But again, just in that Atlanta-Denver game, I know we've referenced it a few times, but it has the hallmarks of a high-scoring game. Yeah. Um, tier two is the mobile quarterback. So we've got Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, or Herbert, as I've heard some commentators call him. Uh, Josh Allen, we've got Watson, and we have... Lamar Jackson to finish it off. Mm. I'm picking it? Russell Wilson this time. Mm. Um, yeah. Tell me more. Um, well, just because you don't have to worry about salary. So um, I like. I think we've as we've, we've touched on Seattle and Buffalo quite a bit. Another high scoring game. What I like about it is I like to be able to pair it with a receiver further down, mm-hmm. um, which you can do quite nicely. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's no bad choice here, is there? And this this and I think. There'll be a very evenly spread ownership in this tier, yeah. Because there's no bad choices and stuff. I mean, I really like um, Justin Herbert as well in that game. It's, yeah. it, it seems crazy to say because we're talking about the reigning league MVP, but I think it's probably fair to say that Lamar Jackson is the weakest pick of this tier as it stands yeah. at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm with you, Mark. I've gone with Herbert here. So Justin Herbert, mm. I really like the look of. 
he looks like he's got an absolute cannon of an arm. Um, a lot of people, I think it's fair to say, going into the season, we're saying that this of the top three quarterbacks taken, this is the one that might fail. He might not be up to NFL standard, but actually looks like the the one that's shining the brightest at the moment. Last four games, he's had 13 passing touchdowns, which is nothing to be, you know, nothing to turn your nose up at. He's playing Las Vegas, which is an ideal matchup as well in terms of the passing game. So I like Herbert, though. I yeah. like Herbert. Who have we got in Tier 3? So Tier 3, we've got the Belco running backs. And we have Derek Henry. Uh, we've got Delvin Cook. We've got Zeke Elliott, James Connor, Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, Clyde Edwards-Huller, and Chase Edmonds. I think we're, I bet we're picking the same one here. I think it, I, Delvin Cook. Got if, be, isn't yeah, it? it feels a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sorry. I say you've got you've got like there's there's nothing particularly wrong with any other choices and stuff. Just the matchup is just too good, isn't it? It feels like again, it's it's one of those don't overthink it and just just go Mm. with it. You know, you're not going to get. I mean, that that was an amazing week what he had last week, and you're not going to get four touchdowns out of him every week, but. It, you know, you you just have to look at his stat lines for the season. He's averaging twenty eight point seven points per game. He's scored a touchdown in every single game he's played in. Um, you, you can't leave that on. You know, still on the list. It it has to be on the right and not the left. You know, looking at some of the others, like you said, they're all good picks. Um, I quite like. Edwards Hiller to have a bounce back week against Carolina. I think that's an mm-hmm. ideal matchup, and I've got him in some of my lineups. But mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that. Delvin Cook, you, you can't overlook him really, there, can you? No. No. Tier four, we've got the committee running backs. This is an interesting one. So we've got Naheem Hines coming off a good week, uh, Philip Lindsay, uh, Justin Jackson, Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, McKissick of the Washington football team, Joshua Kelly. And Le'Veon Bell. So, who are you liking here, Mark? Um, I think we're picking the same again. I've got Justin Jackson. Ooh, <laughs> interesting. I've gone different here. I've gone different. Oh, okay. So, okay. I, I did, I liked Jackson because of his price in the other game. Oh, but I've, okay. I'm actually going to flip the script here and I'm going with Zach Moss, which was your... <laughs> Those are the one-two, aren't they? So yeah, yeah, I think pretty much for the reasons that you said as well in, in the... Buffalo have struggled running the ball this year. He's not seemingly struggled run, running the ball when he's had his chances and it looks like he's going to be the back that they'll go to on the goal line. So mm. um, I'm, I'm banking on that production, hopefully. Mm. But that's that's a it's it's a tricky tier. Yeah, because definitely. It's, it, there's players in there, you know, J.K. Dobbins, if he carries on where he left off last week and you don't know whether they're going to lean on Lev Bell or whether they're going to lean on Edwards Haller. I suppose it, it depends on what Andy Reid decides to do on the day, but mm. there could be some um, some some craftily good picks in there if you nail it on that given week. Mm. Could be one to... Yeah, I'd say that's the trickiest here, definitely. Yeah, I think, I, I suppose it's always going to be tricky with the committee running back because mm. with the thing with the committee running back is you, you've not got those guaranteed carries like you have with the Belco. Mm. So... Mm-hmm. that could be the kind of tier that either make or breaks your game week and it'll be the one where you'll pick a player and you'll think why didn't I pick the other um, that's the mm-hmm. one where you'll debate yourself and drive yourself crazy tier 5 we've got the target leaders so these are your high volume receivers your top end receivers that are likely to see a lot of targets, a lot of receptions so we've got DeAndre Hopkins DK Metcalf Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs so we've got a couple of our picks from earlier in there We've got Keenan Allen, we've got Adam Thielen, we've got Tyreek Hill, and we're rounding it off with Alan Robinson. So who are you liking the look of there? I hate to be boring, but I've gone for Julio Jones again. Yep. For all the same sort all the same sort of reasons. I still think even though I don't have to worry about pricing here, so you're getting Hopkins at the same price effectively, I still prefer Julio. Yep. I am with you on that. So I went with Diggs on my um, budget lineup, but I have gone with Julio Jones as well here. I think probably just for a bit of diversity more than anything, just mm-hmm. so that I had a, a good number of shares across the lineups that I'm using of different players. So, yeah, I quite like that. Tier six, we've got the deep threats. 
So we have Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, Fuller, Justin Jefferson. We've got Claypool of the Steelers. We've got Brandon Cooks and we've got Christian Kirk. Mm. Take me through okay. your tier six pick, Matt. Uh, I've gone for Tyler Lockett this time. Um, the reason being, it's Tyler week, isn't it? Because it was Metcalf week last week. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and also, um, Buffalo have been quite good against outside receivers. Um, they've got Tredavious White, who's one of the best. And Josh Norman's actually been serviceable as well. Uh, they've been a little bit weaker against um, slot receivers, which is a lock it tends to be. I'm pretty sure Metcalf will end up in the slot as well at some point. But yeah, I just think it's lock it week if it is one of them. I mean, I think this could be one of the weeks where they both smash, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I've got Russell. I picked Russell Wilson in tier two. So it's nice to pair him with um, with one of his receivers in tier six. Yeah. I've gone with Justin Jefferson in this tier because he is similar to like you've just said with, with Tyler Lockett, Justin Jefferson is due his bounce back week. So he's, he's, his trend at the moment seems to be good week, bad week, good week, bad week. So it, we're, we're back round to the good week and he's got his perfect opponent in Detroit. Um, mm. I, I'm with you on this, that I think Minnesota will be the team that is most likely leading throughout the game. And, you know, that's, I suppose, the, the advantage of having Dalvin Cook in there to partner with Jefferson is that if Jefferson doesn't get it done through the air, the chances are Dalvin Cook's definitely going to get it done on the ground. So mm-hmm. I'm going to chance there that if the, the ball is aired out, because we know Detroit can put up points, that Justin Jefferson is going to be the leading receiver there for them this week. Mm-hmm. Tier 7, which is our last receiving tier, or wide receiver tier, is the possession receiver. So we've got AJ Brown. Could have probably been in either of the other two wide receiver mm. tiers, really, Brown. But AJ Brown, yeah. Corey Davis, Terry McLaurin, uh, DJ Moore, Cole Beasley, Juju Smith Schuster, Devontae Parker, and Marvin Jones. So, tier seven, who's your pick? I've gone, I've gone for AJ Brown here to pair him up with Tannehill. Um, like you said, he could have been in any of the other tiers and stuff. He's. Um, I think also because Corey Davis had the big week last week, maybe people will go towards him. But I mean, last week was AJ Brown's worst week for a, pretty much since week five, since he's come back from injury. Um, but before that, he's been fantastic. You know, he's just a really good player. And I love Tennessee to get a lot of points here as well. So Yeah, I like that pick. I was on the fence about AJ Brown because I think he's, he's that big play receiver. So, He's at any point in the game, even when he's on a low low scoring, he's he's got that that chance, if you will, to just break out a big play or a, you know grab that touchdown that you need. I've gone with McLaurin here though. Um, yeah. Again, I think Washington. He seems to produce regardless of who it is that's throwing him the yeah. ball. He's the clear number one there. I don't think the Giants have got anything that quite matches his his talent level. So I just expect that it's going to be a high-volume game target-wise, um, high number of receptions, and fingers crossed, high yardage and maybe even a touchdown to go mm-hmm. with it. We will see. But yeah, you know, he's, he's scoring 17 points per game for the season. You know, it's, it's no fluke anymore. This is his second season that he's doing it now. So I quite like Terry McLaurin there. Number of targets he's got the last four games he played are just ridiculous. Aren't they? Mm. 14, 7, 12, and 11. It's just, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's one of that's one of those, I probably would have put McLaurin in if I didn't have Tannehill from tier one. Yeah. But I like to pair up my you know, receivers and quarterbacks. So, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's great. Our final tier is basically the tight ends. So we've got TJ Hawkinson, we've got Noah Fant. We've got Mark Andrews. He's been a bit disappointing this year, Mark Andrews, hasn't mm. he? We've got Hayden yeah. Hurst. We've got Hunter Henry. We've got Mike Jasicki, uh, Eric Ebron, and we've got Darren Fells. So who are you liking? Well, my favourite actual tight end there probably is Hayden Hurst, but because I'd already picked Julio Jones, I've gone for Noah Fant, yeah. who I mentioned earlier. I'm with you there on Fant mm. as well. There's something, something in my mind is telling me to start Darren Fells because... I feel like he's he's just going to score. And I don't know what it is. It's just an instinct. I just told thing. you. I told you. I've already told you. It's not happening. It's Jordan Aikens <laughs> week. It's like, it's written. It's, it's, when I need a stamp or something, I'm stamping Jordan Aikens. 
it's that it, it's just that voice you know like that devil on the shoulder just playing devil's advocate mm. and I completely agree with you. Aikens is is far the better tight end there, but Darren Fells just seems to find find the end zone. I don't know if he's got it. Might be the chemistry with Watson. I I don't know. I just have a feeling he's going to score. Could be my lock of the week that um, that he's going to score. I, I'm not. I'm definitely not starting him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's the highest scoring tight end on this list when we look back on it. Um, but yeah, that's that brings us to the end of tiers then. So my lineup is looking like Matt Ryan, Justin Herbert, Dalvin Cook, Zach Moss, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, and Noah Fant. And round us off with yours, Mark. I've got Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jackson, Julio Jones, Tyler Lockett, AJ Brown, and Noah Fant. So I think we've got three or four the same there, haven't we? So yeah, 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 wonderful. Well, that. I think brings us to the close of this week's Daily Fantasy Sports. So I've no doubt, I don't know if you are on Twitter, Matt, but I've no doubt you will be using it throughout the weekend, tweeting as the action is live. Uh, Where can the listeners find you? Okay, well, so I I write my articles at the Touchdown, so that's um, the touchdown.co.uk, and my Twitter handle is... um, it's the same as my DK handle, so it's Smurf. So it's um, underscore at underscore SMRF. And you will find me at Nick of Wigan. If you've not guessed from the dulcet tones throughout the podcast, that is where I am from, born and bred. So nice and easy, Nick of Wigan. Best of luck, Rush Nation, with your lineups this week. Hopefully you have some winners out there and hope to see some winners on social media over the weekend. Any questions that you have or any advice you need with your lineups, either hit me or mark up and hopefully we'll be seeing you again around a similar time next week. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.